Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come into this place, oh God. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would tell the follow grounds of our heart to make preaching, teaching, and revelation receptible for your people on today, oh God. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would have me behind the cross, give me accessibility to minister to the minister the word of God like never before, God, that you may help me rightly divide the word of truth. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. If I was going to pick a topic today, it would be what kind of sacrifice is or are you bringing? What kind of sacrifice is or are you bringing? And I'm going to give you the definition. We're going to be in Genesis, the fourth chapter. We're going to be talking from a familiar passage about Cain and Abel. Um, Genesis 4, 1 through 9. A sacrifice. This is what it says. It says, an act of slaughtering an animal or person or surrendering a possession as an offering to God or to divine or supernatural figure. This is what a sacrifice is. Either the slaughtering an animal or a person or what surrendering a possession as an offering to God or to a divine or supernatural figure. What does sacrifice mean biblically? It says the ritual through says the ritual through which the Hebrew people offered the blood or the flesh of an animal to God as a substitute payment for their sins. And we're going to find out in this hour there's going to be many people are going to offer sacrifices to something. Just like you have to worship something, you have to sacrifice something. And you need to understand this. There's going to be two types of sacrifices you're going to make in this world. Either it's going to be for Christ or it's going to be for something that you want. And a lot of times the world will sacrifice something in order to get something out of the world. But yet we, that's a born again believer, our sacrifices are different. It's towards the work of the ministry, the edification of the body of Christ. Because Jesus Christ was that perfect sacrifice. And what we're offering him today is to live right. We're doing the fruit of the spirit. We're treating our fellow man. We're doing the Ten Commandments. These are the things that we're doing in this hour. But a lot of times people don't understand what this walk is truly about. And they feel that God is just going to accept any and everything that, they, that, we, that we give him. But God is not going to accept any type of sacrifice. He's not going to just accept anything. And this is why the shift, this great shifting is coming upon the earth. And God is moving in a different direction. And people have been offering Strange things up to God, and God is not accepting that strange type of fire. That's why he killed Aaron's sons, because they were offering something that was not of him. And you need to understand, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It says, they're piercing even in the body of soul and spirit and joint and marrow, and is a discerner of, of, it says, and 
It says dividing of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. You need to understand something. There's nothing that's going to get by God and it's, everything is derived from our intent. You need to understand something. What kind of sacrifices are you bringing to God? And if you've been bringing the wrong type of sacrifice now in 2021, you need to look and see how you can bring up a better sacrifice. You got to understand something. God is moving. He's shifting um, his position in the earth. And things that he has allowed, he's not allowing it anymore. And we don't understand because the God that we've been serving is not the God that is accepting everything that we've done. And don't get me wrong, he's got grace and mercy. He's got a whole lot of things, but yet we need to understand something what is God accepting now? What is God is saying now? And we need to honor and respect the spirit of Christ that is moving in this hour. We, because we have been so accustomed to God just doing anything that we want that we're just assuming that he's going to accept this. And the fat, bad thing about it is the church arena has been giving God uh, unsat sacrifices and now God is shifting that's why he's turned down the church of today and it's building up a new church what is that church it's going to be inside of us which is always has but man has put church in a building it's put it in a box but we have to understand that we are that latter day church we are the church that's standing up for this hour and the sacrifices that we are offering to God has to be above what we've been given Let's go to Genesis. Another thing it is that you need to ask yourself, what are you going to lay down that is, that is precious to you? And you're probably saying, well, you're looking at something like tangible. But sometimes things that we have to lay down because if I have a corrupt heart, how can my sacrifice be above what's in my heart? Do I have to lay down strife, envy, jealousy, rage, the works of the flesh? Why says separate me from the love of God? Said tribulation, persecution, distress. We're like sheep for the slaughter. But you got to understand something. We're living in an hour that you cannot allow these type of things that's happening to earth to affect your sacrifice that you give God. Why is it that the pastor is still pulling on people to come into a place of purification that they can praise God, just not in the outer course, but in the course, but into the Holy of Holies? You need to understand something. God is requiring more in a time of, of destruction and persecution. He's looking for us. We're the light of the world. You need to understand that we're the light that's shining in dark places. And you've got to understand something. Our sacrifices, our life, and what we're presenting in the world should be above whatever the world is given us but we have not come to that because we're still fleshly we have not come up into the spiritual but yet we have the Holy Ghost but yet the Holy Ghost is not flowing through us there's something there that's stagnated there's something there that's that's oppressing what the Spirit of Christ is doing and supposed to be magnifying and 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 and, and portraying in our lives Genesis 4 the initial conflict. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. 
and said, I have begotten a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time, his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the first fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the first fruit of the flock and of their fat. And the Lord received or respected Abel as his offering. Now listen to this. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance failed. Isn't it strange when God doesn't accept what we, we give him, we get offended. This is how the church acts now. So privileged, but not respectful. Let's go back up to verse 4. Let's talk about that respect. But I want to tell you something. Abel also brought the, of the first of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord received Abel and what? And his offering. It was all based on the motives and the respect and reverence to God. Not God. It didn't say God received his offering and then him. God received the person and then what they brought to him. Everything in God is about order, decency, and in order. But isn't it strange that the church of the day wants to live like a dog? I'm talking about born again or saved people and coming to the house of God. And God's just supposed to accept anything that we give him. And you're so caught up in your way that you don't even recognize the spirit in which you're coming to God in. In this hour, the way that we humble our heart and our spirit and the way that we're portrayed in our hearts is speaking louder, even the more so, to God and to man. Because the first thing that you notice is the person about the way that they're coming to you, let alone what they're bringing. So God was reading Cain's spirit. It was not the offering. He said he owns the cows on a thousand hills. And it was not what he was bringing, the fruits of the ground. It was not about that. But it was about the respect that you had for me. People not respectful. They're not honoring God. Even in prayer, you need to watch how you come into prayer. And people so hard-headed and stiff-necked these hours, they don't want to repent for their sins, but they'll lean on grace and mercy all day long. That's something about God. He's looking at the intent of the heart. 
He's looking at the way that you are bringing your offerings. He's looking at the way that you are treating him and handling him. And God has done so much to us and to the fact that we don't even reverence and respect what he is doing in this hour. We just feel that everything that we do is just supposed to be above and, and, and it's what we have to offer. But yet we'll make excuses above everything. Jeremiah 17 says, then the heart is deceived above all things and diligently wicked. And this is what is going to get a lot of us in trouble. What kind of sacrifice is or are you bringing? If your heart is corrupt, you cannot bring a purified sacrifice to God. He tells you, he says, bring your gift to the altar, leave it there, and then go. I know we take that scriptures as, as the, the gifts of the spirit, but let's talk about the gift that we bring in, where there's prayer and worship. But we'll walk around with bitterness, hardness, hard-heartedness, stiffness, unforgiveness in our heart against our fellow brother, but yet you want to jump and shout and, and get a greater revelation and, and want God to accept everything that we're doing, but yet your heart is wicked and desperately deceitful. We're never allowing God to really come in and clean and bring deliverance in our lives. But yet we're trying to give up strange fire, strange sacrifices, profane fire, profane offerings to God. What kind of sacrifice? Is You bring it. What is your attitude behind what you're doing? I feel like the church is so spoiled that God has blessed us so much and we're so privileged, but yet we have left the creator for what he has created in the earth for us. And therefore, there's no respect. There's no reverence. I can't reverence something I don't respect. Respect means to admire someone or something deeply as a result of their what abilities, qualities, or achievements. God looks at our heart. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. Some of us won't mow from God, but God is not delivering. Why? But, but before we, we look at ourselves, we'll blame the pastor, we'll blame mama, daddy, sister, brother, husband, and wife, children, we'll blame everybody. But except looking at where the fault lies. God does not bless you over and above where you are. If you're wicked, why would God bless you with something greater? That will only cause the wickedness to get greater and to draw you more away from God. 
The Bible says, seek the kingdom of God and all of these things shall be added unto you. But we're seeking all other things. We're making our own avenues. Even though we're in the desert, we're still plowing through. And this is what we're doing. And now God is bringing everything to a halt. What better way to get your attention than to take away your toys? What better way to get your attention when I'm not answering your prayers the way that you have taken it for granted? God has a way of checking us like no man on the earth can do because he is God. You got to understand something. There's nobody like God that tests the heart and the mind of a man. I look at the earth and what is happening now. It's one thing being like Cain, but then there's another thing being like Abel. Cain names means um, possessed. Spear. Abel's name means a breath, keeper of sheep. But did you notice Cain was a till of the ground? And Abel was a keeper of the sheep. Let's look at this. They had two different occupations. One had the duties of tilling the ground, which was the older brother. And the younger brother had the ability and the gifting to tend to the sheep and the flock. There are two different job occupations, so it does not matter your background. Because here you got white collar workers and you got blue collar workers. Because some people think that only some things are related just to a blue collar or some things are just related to a white collar worker. And we need to understand what God is saying in this hour. Let's go on and finish reading Genesis 4. Verse 5, but he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance failed. Y'all got to see, this is how we act. Look at this. When we don't get, even now when God doesn't give us what we want, what? Our countenance failed. Because we have it in our mind that God is just going to receive Everything that we do, why? Because we are supposed to be saved and born again? You need to see what's going on. You need to understand what God is saying. You need to see your actions and how you're acting. Sometimes God holds things off to see if your countenance is going to change, if your heart and your spirit is going to change before him. 
That's why I tell you to still praise God as though nothing else is going on. Don't let the things in your heart betray you. Don't let your speech betray you. You don't give your children what they want. Guess what? They start talking back. They countenance. Their spirits change. We're the same way with God. And this is what Cain is doing. Oppressed. Possessed. Demonized. He's allowing the wicked one to come in. And you notice that he has no reverence or respect for God, which is the same. Because God is not receiving what he's giving or dishing out. But I'm here to serve notice on everyone in the building. God does not have to receive or accept anything that we give him. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? One thing about God, he just asks you for something he already doesn't know the answer to. He says, why are you angry? He's saying instead of you getting angry, just fix it and I will receive you. He is a God of what? Second chances. Instead of him checking himself, He's allowing his motions to take control. Have you ever been in a trial and a tribulation and you're only acting according to your emotions and your flesh? James said there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end is what is death. You need to understand this. Look at the way that he's acting. And we don't understand why God does some of the things he does. That's something about God. He does things according to the way that he sees fit because you got to understand something, the wisdom and the mind of God is above everything. And we need to understand that. I want to tell you something. You can go there if you want to, but I'm going to read Proverbs 16 and 9. A man's heart plans his ways. But the Lord directs his steps. Cain is not letting God direct his steps. It's one thing going to God and says, okay, God, give me directions that you can accept my offering. How can I make it better? How can I correct this? He's not doing that. Sometimes we just do business as usual. We think that we can treat people any kind of way. We think that we can do anything and just, and just carry on life as, as it goes on. But you don't fail to realize if, you, if there's not a purging or a cleansing, That's why it's called repentance. That's why it's called deliverance, which is child's bread. He says, I'm the blacksmith that blows the coals on the fire that created an instrument for my glory. We don't allow God to put us back on the powder's wheel. We don't allow God to put us on the table of purification. We don't allow God to be that sacrifice in our lives. 
pure and holy and acceptable unto him. You don't allow God to do those things. You don't want to be shaved. You don't want to be purified. You don't want to be cleansed. You just want to accept to continue to receive this old, dirty, nasty all. And then when you try to bring it to God, he said, I do not accept your praise. I do not accept your worship. I do not accept your money because it is not my standard. And I've given you my word. And we just go on to thank God receives, receives, receives. But it's a coming a time now. He said, wait a minute. Let my word abide in you. Out of that blood shall flow what? Rivers of living water. There's, no, there's water coming out, but it's not living waters. It's stale and stagnant. Have you ever been by a pond or a creek or something that hasn't had flowing water? You're going to find a mildew, all kind of pestilence. Oh, it's so dirty. You can't drink it. You, can't, you don't want to be near it. And this is the type of thing that is happening in us. We're so busy, got so much stuff on the inside of us. We don't fail to realize that our water is stale. We don't have continuously flowing the water. You need to understand something that's different about a body of water that's continuously flowing. It's continuing being purified. It's continuing to moving. When God was dealing with the woman at the well, and they was finna stone her to death. He says, the one that ha does not have that one that, that, that does not have sin in their life, you throw the first stone. We're talking about sacrifice. If it wasn't for Jesus Christ being that perfect sacrifice, none of us can offer him anything. You couldn't go to God for nothing. He is the perfect sacrifice. He is the lamb that was slain, what? From the foundation of the world. But isn't it strange when we got sin and corruption and we throw in a strange fire that we want to talk about what somebody else is doing instead of examining ourselves? Let's look and see how he's handling this. Genesis 4. If you would do well, you would not be, it says, if you do well, you will not be accepted. And if you do not do well, it says, sin lies at the door. He said, Satan is right there to take you over. Let's look at this. And it desire is for you, but you should rule over it. When I read this, this is something. God gives us warning signs before he allows Satan to enter us. If you do well, you will not be accepted. It says, and if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. But you shall rule over it. Man has a will. 
Man had a will before Jesus Christ. Man had a will after Jesus Christ. Listen to what he's saying. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose against Abel, his brother, and killed him. But God told him in verse 7, it's wrapped in the possession overtake you, but you shall have rule over it. Look at this. But we want to blame everything on the devil. And the anger was so great on, against his brother that it rose up and killed him. But look at how we do to one another. If you could do it to your brother, you can do it to anybody. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is, is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. I am, am I my brother's keeper? When Satan takes over, you have no conscience about what you're doing or what you have done. And you want to know why people can be so cold-blooded in the house of God. We ain't talking about the world. But we're talking about in the house of God. How we don't respect one another. How we don't reverence one another. And we do it at will. It says, what kind of sacrifice are you bringing? Let's go to John 1. And this is Jesus and John the Baptist. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. I want to tell you something. We're talking about Cain and Abel. Now we're talking about John and his first cousin, Jesus. You got to understand something. He recognized who Jesus was afar off. And he bowed down and submitted and gave him reverence and respect and homage for who he was. He said, I didn't know him until I saw him coming. I saw the glory of God settle upon him. And you go back and read and John said, I 
not, I'm not worthy to baptize you. But he did anyway, because that was part of his commission to do. This is the way we should be towards one another. Humbling ourselves. Giving God what is due him. Giving God's people what is due him. Jesus Christ is the perfect sacrifice. And it says, and you have to go through him in order for your sacrifice to be accepted. And John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said unto me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the son of God. We are talking about sacrifice. We're talking about respecting. And how God is the perfect sacrifice in our lives. But there's got to be a baptism. There's got to be a washing or a cleansing away of ourselves. You have to do the mission in which God has ordained you to do, but you cannot do it any kind of way. And think that your spirit and your sacrifice and your work will be accepted. That's why so many men and women of God is falling in this hour. Their works are not acceptable to God. He said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Did not do this and did not do that. God says, but your sacrifice is not no longer accepted. It's not about doing the work or going through the emotions that the church or saved people are doing, but it's all about the heart and the intent. John the Baptist's heart was in the right place to do the mission that God has called him to do. Sacrifice is an act of slaying an animal or a person or surrendering a pos- says possession as an offering to God or to the div- or a divine or supernatural figure. You need to understand what God is saying in this hour. If you can, go to John 10, verse 1. I'm going to read you verse 1 from the NIV version, and I'm going and read it from the New King James. Verily, verily, I say, I says, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep, pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. King James Version. Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, 
but climbs up some other way. The same is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear the voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Do you understand what this is saying? This is still about sacrifice. If you do it any other way than which I tell you, you will not be accepted. But if you do what I tell you to do, not only will I call your name like he did Abel and received him and the works in which he done. We're still talking about what kind of sacrifice are you bringing? What type of sacrifice are you bringing to God? Or are you trying to be like a thief? In the night, look at the characteristics of Cain. You think he went home and told his parents what he did? Look at his countenance and his speech towards God was no respect. That's why people could talk to you like a dog and still come into church and say hallelujah and speak in some kind of tongues and have no reverence or guilt behind it. But yet you say that you don't have power over it. There's no ability to change. I have to go back to Genesis. I want to talk about the attitudes. In a time like this, the attitudes are going to be greater. They're going to be harder. That's why they refer to Cain in a very negative content. In the Bible, Cain is not looked on as a good person. Abel is looked upon as a humble, submissive person, the person that gave God the best. How do you want to be looked upon? So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? He's giving you characteristics of a fallen person. Of a person that's not giving God the correct or the proper sacrifice. And if you do well, you will not be accepted. Why would he tell him that? Because he didn't make it right. Sometimes when we get an attitude, it causes not only a domino effect, but God rejects it. 
When we fall into sin, when we fall into things that's not of God, we should have our humble heart and go to repenting right then at that moment. But Cain let pride come in. God was reading what was in his spirit. And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Let's go on down to nine. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother? And he said, I do not know. I am my, it says, am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Let's talk about that. We're so busy trying to make people pay for what they do to us. But you fail to realize that our spirit cries out to God and our defense. We're talking about when we give God the proper sacrifice. Not only does he understand, he becomes our defender, our judge, our lawyer. When a man weighs, please the Lord, he makes what? Our enemies. You need to see this. Because Cain was accept me, because Abel was so accepting and loving and, and reverencing God with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with the best that he had, whether his house went liking. But he wanted to give God his everything because God was his everything. Because whatever's in my heart detects everything about me. God says, I revenge the elect who cry out day and night. The righteous, the up, the ones that's living righteous, the one that's living holy. You willing to do whatever it takes in order to bring God your best from day to day to day to day. It does not go without reward. But it takes sacrifice. A possession as an offering to God or to a divine or supernatural figure. I ask you the question again. What are you laying down that is precious to you? What are you willing to surrender? That you become that perfect sacrifice, pure and holy, tried and true. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hands.
When you till the ground, it shall not, it shall not no longer yield its strength to you. They're angry. They done did bloodshed. You didn't give God the best offering. You didn't repent. Now you're angry. Your countenance changed. Now you committed a crime. Now you're going to expect the ground or the earth to be kind to you. People walking around curse and don't even know it because they sacrifice what's not acceptable to the Lord. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Now it's coming on what he's done. My punishment is greater than I can bear. Sometimes we do stuff and we don't really, we, we need something in our lives to check us. But isn't that something about the world it teaches us to check ourselves? To bring light to what, he, what we have sown? Look at all of the things that he's done. You done killed somebody. You disrespected the Lord of the universe. You done had an attitude. And now God said, what was easy? I'm going to make hard for you because you got to learn a hard lesson. I've given you everything and this is how you come to me. No respect. Your heart is wicked. You're spoiled. Let me give you the second definition to respect. Having due regard for, it says, for the feelings, wishes, and rights are traditions of others. He didn't have none of that. Cain became wicked by his, because of his own doings. And I'm going to tell you something. A vagabond is a traveling person that does not have a home. Just rooms wherever they pleases. He became a wanderer on the earth. There's no settling in their spirit. <laughs> They're never satisfied. 
the run. Look and see what's going on. I know people like this in life. because they don't want to reverence anybody. Cain thought he was above God. He's trying to do it his way. John, John said, John 10 said, you're a thief and a robber. And if you notice, they're always trying to rob somebody. Look at a fugitive and a vagabond. I'm going to close with this. Can you go with me to Romans 8? I'm going to start at 31. The Spirit assures a final victory. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? It says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give up all things? Who shall bring a charge against God, against God's elect? It is God who justifies. It says, verse 34, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercessions for us. This is why Jesus Christ's coming is so important. Because what Cain did, that's why there's a, another side of coming through. Not only did he settle the matter, but he fixed the problem. He gave a way out that death and judgment and roaming around life with no purpose. He restored everything that was done wrong. And I speak to all the Abels that's looking for the day of judgment from the Lord. You just do right. That your sacrifice may be continually acceptable to the God. He'll work out the rest. You just continue. They give the right type of sacrifice. And if you've been given the wrong type of sacrifice, repent. 
Do your first works over again. Bring your gift to the altar. Go to your brother, reconcile. And then you'll come into this place. Who shall separate us from the love of God? <laughs> Kay can't help me no more. The blood is covering me. My blood has been justified because Jesus Christ shed his blood, which was greater than my blood. That washes all of my tears, all of my pain. So no longer shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or perils or swords can separate me from the love of Christ Jesus. Listen to this. For your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. praise and worship. Even though I'm traveling in this barren land. I could still give him a perfect sacrifice when I come in prayer and worship and praise and doing the works he called me to do. No longer is the question is what kind of sacrifice am I bringing? I just become the offering. Because I'm giving them my all. Because Jesus came back and fix what Cain did to Adam. Because you got to understand something, Adam was what? A keeper of the sheep. He fixed what Cain did to his brother. He says, you know what? I'm gonna become that lamb, that sheep. I'm gonna redeem all things. That was out of place. And you're going to cease from labor and hard work. A worker is worthy of his wages. Talks about rightly dividing what? The word of truth. I ain't got to run around and till the ground, and it yields no fruit. Because of Jesus Christ, the kinsman redeemer. He has redeemed me. And my hard work, hard times has ceased. And the spirit of Christ steps in 
Because of him, I could do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Because I'm for the slaughter all day long. Just like he was there. And was it Abraham was given his son Isaac? And we become that person that was finna get slaughtered all day long. And he says, Abraham, stop. In the thickets. That's a ram. So when you think it's going to hurt you and kill you off, there's always a ram that you didn't think. But you were willing to be that for righteousness sake. And he counted it as what? Worthy. So he's counting you as what? Worthy. We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Romans 8, 37. For I am what persuaded that neither death nor life, nothing ain't going to turn me around. given him. Let your work speak for you. Abel's work spoke for him. No angels, no principalities, no powers, no things present, no things to come. No height, no death, no any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I pray that something has been said and done to strengthen you in this walk that's going to carry you on the way. Don't worry about it. You just do the work for one that has called you. Just continue to keep your hands to the plow and don't look back because you persuaded that nothing's going to turn me around in this life. I'm not going to let Cain kill me off no more because he's already redeemed me. By his precious blood. I pray that something's been said and done. In Jesus name. I pray. Amen.